Welcome to Starkville Church of God. This is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you, strengthens you, and fills you with God's love so you can share with others. Enjoy the message. In the book of Matthew chapter 5, we're going to read verses 1 through 12. Now when he saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. I want to continue on this series of the Beatitudes. Would you stretch your hands this way and pray for me as I do the same for you? Father, thank you so much for this morning. We thank you, Lord, for your blessings on all of our lives, Lord. If we, we really cannot thank you enough for all that you've done. And so, Lord, we come to this time in the service where we pull ourselves up to your table, we break the bread of life together, and I pray for every person under the sound of my voice right now, those in the room, those listening by podcast, I pray that you'd open Open every heart, mind, and spirit that your word would fall onto good ground, that it would produce, Lord, a, a hundredfold harvest in the name of Jesus. And so, Lord, I ask that you would help me. God, I'm nothing more than a, than a flawed person, and I need your help. I need your anointing. So, Lord, I pray that you would just do that right now, that you give me the clarity of thought, the clarity of speech that is so necessary to do what you've called me to do. Lord, bless our time together. We thank you in Jesus' mighty name, and everybody in the house said amen. So we continue on this uh, as I did last week. I, I don't want to, I'm certainly not going to re-preach the past two weeks I'm scratching the surface, and I'm moving on to where we're at this week. Uh, as you, you'll remember, uh, the, and if you haven't heard any of these, or maybe you missed one, you're welcome to go uh, back to the podcast and listen to them because we've got those on podcasts. Uh, the Beatitudes are part of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. Uh, we find that uh, he begins some teaching. There's parallels between Moses and Jesus, and we find that all throughout this. But I'm, again, I'm going to let you go back and listen. We started with blessed are the poor in spirit. We moved on to blessed are those who mourn. We talked about and, and wrapped up uh, last night, blessed are the meek. And I reminded you uh, that meekness is not weakness. Remember that meekness is what power under control. That meekness is not that you are powerless. Meekness is not that you are pitiful and that you can't do anything and that you know. Meekness is power under control. You have power. You have ability. And in some cases that the Lord will prompt you, you may need to use that power. But uh, it is power under control. Control, And we move on this morning uh, to our fourth beatitude, and that is blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. In fact, it's verse 6, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be 
field. I remind you again, of course, we know that the New Testament was originally written in Greek, in that Koine Greek language. If y'all just leave lights alone, it's been distracting enough. I'm seeing stuff flashing. Let's just be with what we got right now. Uh, blessed are, are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. It's written in the Greek, hunger and thirst. Uh, they're both present participles, and they denote continual action. Remember uh, that we've, we've talked about this. You've probably heard me say this before, and if you haven't, uh, we see this in other parts. The Greek language has this present participle that denotes not only something happening, but continue to happen. In fact, I used it a couple of weeks ago when I preached the message about, uh, about uh, drinking and how the Scripture tells us to be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but to what be filled with the Holy Spirit. And that word filled is in that present participle that means, hey, don't just get filled one time, but continually every single day be filled with the Holy Spirit. And so we find that again, that present participle is right here in the Beatitudes. Blessed are those that hunger, both words, hunger and thirst, are present participle. In other words, Jesus is saying this is a continual lifestyle, that I want you to be hungry and thirsty for righteousness all the time. Not just, you know, when you've had a good service, you know, once in a while on a Sunday. Don't just be hungry and thirsty for righteousness when you've been to a good revival service, you know. Don't just be hungry and thirsty for righteousness, you know, when you're younger. It's like after you've gone to Winterfest or you've gone to youth camp or, you know, something really strikes you. Don't just be hungry and thirsty for righteousness when something has gone wrong in your life and you've suddenly needed to seek the Lord at that time. Amen. I got a couple of y'all still awake. Come on now. We had a, it was an 11 o'clock game yesterday. Y'all ought to have plenty of sleep last night. Come on, shake the person beside you. Tell them, wake up. Wake up. I know it's rainy out there, but it's all right. So Jesus here is saying, look, don't be hungry and thirsty for continually, not just every once in a while. You see, not just the occasional desire, but continual, like a starving person seeks food. Remember, this is how Jesus wants us to live, and we believe it is possible through the help of the Holy Spirit. In the introduction that I will just give you again and remind you of, that there are those, some, not a lot, but a few that say, you know, this is just an ideal lifestyle that Jesus is looking at, but he doesn't expect you to do that. Absolutely not. I believe I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. Now, you know, we like to quote that when we got to take a test. We like to quote that when we've got a job interview. We like to quote that when we got a big game. We like to quote that. But listen, can I tell you that when, when he said, I can do all things through Christ's strength, it's not just for those. I believe it is also for these spiritual things, you know. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can be hungry and thirsty for righteousness on a continual basis. I know there's a lot of pulls from the world. I know that my 
flesh is pulling on me. I know there's a lot of other things that try to, but I believe that this lifestyle that Jesus lays out in the Beatitudes, I know I'm never going to be perfect at it, but I do believe that through the help of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit of God on the inside of me, that I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. And I do believe that it is possible for us to continually be hungry and thirsty for the righteousness of God. There's one thing about hunger and thirst, especially for us here in America. They seem to return frequently, don't they? I mean, let's get real. I mean, how many times have you sat down and you ate lunch and, and you're like, you're not even finished, and it was for supper. Come on. <laughs> you know, sometimes we're eating supper, and we're not even done. It was for supper tomorrow night. Come on, this, this hunger, this thirst, it is all right. Now that I'm thinking about it, I got a bottle of, of water sitting there, and I took a drink before I came up here. But you know what? Now that I've been up here, well, now I'm just sudden I'm just thirsty. Am I, am I dehydrated right now? Absolutely not right now. But, but, but it seems to continually come, the hunger and the thirst. Me talking about it, you know what time it is. I don't got my clock back there. I might preach overtime. To, no, I got my watch on. Don't worry. But it seems to return frequently. So I believe that what Jesus is saying to us is you need to be hungry. You need to be thirsty for the things of God on a continual continual basis just like you are in the physical. So what is meant by righteousness? If we're supposed to hunger and thirst for righteousness, what exactly did Jesus mean? Well, I believe it's not just mere legal justification. The Hebrew understanding of righteousness involved behavior, life, and conduct. And I believe that we want to emphasize here that it's not just about conduct because right here in this same chapter, in chapter 5 and verse 20, Jesus' explanation of true righteousness said it must exceed that of the scribes and the Pharisees because we know, he says this in verse 20 of chapter 5, for I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, let's remind you about the scribes, the Pharisees, the Sadducees. What do we know? We know they were very good at following rules. They were good rule followers. But, but the problem is later on, Jesus is teaching and preaching to them. And what does he say? He said, look, y'all got your, this is RDL version here. Uh, dude, y'all got all your mess together on the outside. Why? Because he said, on the outside, you're like whitewashed tombs. How many of you have ever seen, listen, I don't mean for this to be morbid, but have you ever seen, you, you've seen beautiful tombstones, headstones, you know, you see beautiful monuments like that before, and, and, and they're clean, and they're beautiful, and they're, and they're washed, and, and Jesus said, here's the problem, you're like whitewashed tombs, you're so beautiful, you do all the outward things that everybody can see on the outside right, but he said, what, the problem is, you're full of dead men's bones, just like a whitewashed tomb, you got it all together on the outside where everybody can see, but on the inside, 
pride. You're full of rot. You're full of death. You're full of stench. Come on, somebody, help me on this Sunday morning. And I believe that that, that's what true righteousness is, that God is saying, I don't want you to just be a great rule follower. And I'm all about, yes, God is giving us rules. But Jesus is saying, if you're going to be righteous, it's going to be more than that. It's going to be more than just what you do on the outside for everybody to see. You've got to have a change on the inside. And I'll just remind you this morning, there ain't but one person that can change the out the inside of us, and that is Jesus Christ and his shed blood that can change us on the inside. Righteousness is not so much an asset that one has, but an awareness of its lack and a driving desire for it. You say, Pastor, that sounds really familiar. I hope that it does because you remember the beatitude we talked about on morning. That part of that morning we talked about is that when we realize how imperfect we are. And I said that Jesus, as the master teacher here, these build upon one another. And so we made our way through these. And now we come from morning and we come to this awareness that we need him. And now we find that Jesus is saying that we would hunger and thirst for righteousness. In other words, we could say it like this, blessed are those who are aware of their wretched state and desperately seek God's resources of right. Listen, here's the good news of it because I don't want you to leave here feeling depressed. This is not about Jesus is not saying he wants you to feel miserable about, miserable about yourself all the time. Absolutely not. What he does want you to do is he wants to realize that when we bless are to those who mourn, that you realize how wretched you are on the inside, how desperately in need of a Savior you are, and that in turn drives you and motivates you to say, I'm going to be hungry and thirsty for righteousness. I know I'm wretched. I know I'm incapable, but there is an answer for that. There is an antidote for that. That is not the end. Yes, I'm wretched. Yes, I'm awful. Yes, I can't do it on my own, and yes, I need to be upset about that, but being upset in the morning about that is what should drive me then to have a hunger of what can make me better and that is the righteousness Jesus blood and righteousness the old song said on Christ the solid rock I stand all other ground is sinking sand in other words be upset about what you are on your own but don't get down into dumps and don't get to know let it not just get you depressed, but let it build a hunger within you to get a hold of what can change you and what can make you righteous through his blood and his spirit. Come on, give God praise. You see, I'm not preaching to you just to beat you down and tell you how bad you are just so you'll leave depression. No, I'm here to tell you, yes, we're bad, but there's an answer to it. Somebody say there's an answer. And his name is Jesus. Come on, somebody say Jesus. So now we come to this reward part again. We said each one of these had three parts. We're here at the reward. Blessed are those that hunger and thirst for righteousness. For what? They will be filled. This verb filled means to eat until one has been 
field. You see, I don't know about you, but now that, you know, it actually has cooled a little bit, then it come back summer, then it cools a little bit, comes back summer. But, you know, we're, we're sneaking on to that holiday called Thanksgiving, that, that, that holiday where we're so thankful for all the blessings that the Lord's given us. We're so thankful for all the food that we have that we try to eat it all in one day. Come on, somebody. Y'all know what I'm talking about. It's just like we try to stuff ourselves with so much turkey, so much dressing, so much. And I got to be honest with you. I've seen all these fancy frou-frou'd up cranberry sauces, but I'm just going to tell you right now that as for Dennis Laughlin, my favorite, it's just that old that old gel that when you plop it out of the can, it's still got the lines on. Come on, somebody. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Don't bring none of that frou-frou'd up. I don't even want the berries, and I want the old ocean spray. Plop it out of a can, and hey, I'm getting y'all hungry now. I got to stop now. But listen, this Burmese feeling, it makes me think about those days where you just eat and eat and eat until you are completely filled up. So that's what God says. If you'll hunger and thirst for the right things, he'll fill you up in secular literature. Now, I'm just giving you what what this all says. Don't get too mad at me. In secular literature, it was used to describe cattle that had been fattened. You say, oh, pastor, are you calling me a cow? (laughs) I'm just telling you what these words mean. I'm sorry. But maybe, maybe the Bible is telling us, though, that what does Jesus promise us? That spiritually... Not physically, but spiritually, he says he, want, he wants us to be like fatted cows. Spiritually, he says, hunger and thirst for righteousness and you'll be filled. That word fit. Jesus knew what he was saying. He knew in that day and time that what that word filled meant in the Greek language at that time, that was describing cattle that had been fattened. In other words, God is not stingy to those that are craving the right things. I just need to say this again. This is, again, one of those things that we point to Jesus. And so many times we take things out of context that, again, Jesus is not, Jesus is not our genie in the bottle. Jesus is not our spiritual Santa Claus. You know, Jesus is not just here to just give us every whim of what we want. But what Jesus is here, he says, listen, when you want the right stuff, When you get hungry and thirsty for the right stuff, I promise you I will give you as much as you possibly can handle. Can I just tell somebody today that you may be sitting in this sanctuary, you may be listening to this podcast, and and you've been trying to fill yourself up, and you just still feel so empty. I just need to tell you that a relationship with Jesus Christ, he is telling you that he will fill you up. He'll give you hope. He'll give you joy. He'll give you peace. He will fill you up to the place that you have never been filled before. He is not stingy to those that crave those right things. Now, hold on. You're pr- probably a lot of you aren't going to like this, but this is the Bible, and i got to preach it to you. We find that since the tense is future, this really focuses attention on eternity. Not all rewards of righteousness are immediate. Oh, boy. You know, I, I say this. I said this a couple weeks ago, and I'm sure you'll hear this again. I just believe that 
we live in a microwave society, but we serve a crockpot God. There may be some things that take a long time in the here and now. We want, we want immediate satisfaction, don't we? We want immediate return. You know, of course, right now with the market and everything that's going on, you read a lot about the market and, and, and retirements and the, everything and what most people, they want, they want immediate return. They want to invest $10 and make $10 million the next day. Come on, somebody. Y'all know what I'm saying. You, we want immediate satisfaction. We want everything. But let me just tell you, with God, he will always be faithful, and he will always do what he says. But sometimes, in, in fact, I'll say most of the time with God, it's going to take longer than what we think it should. Are you ready for this one now? This is where you're really going to turn me off and not want to hear me. Some rewards may never even come in this life. He was upset about that too. I don't blame Jackson. It, it is upsetting sometimes when you think about that because what? We want it right here. We want it in a right here. We want it in the right now. But I'm just going to stand up here and tell you that there's some rewards that I don't believe God, he's not going to give them to us on this side of eternity. We, you know, used to be in the church, people got to say, you know, oh, you're so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. I believe now we flip-flopped it to now. We're just all about here, and we don't even really think about what's to come anymore. Righteousness is not just keeping the master's rules but it's having the master's heart and his nature. I'm almost done. Second one, I'm only doing two today. We're going to do the last three next week. Fifthly, verse 7. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. The beatitude, this beatitude is almost a law of reciprocity. In Galatians chapter 6 and verse 7, the Bible says, be not deceived. See, I want y'all to, this is important. I want y'all to say, would y'all repeat this after me? Say, be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. See, I wanted you to say that out loud. Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever man soweth that shall he also reap. Hold on, I'm going to tell you why I want you to hear that. Luke 6 and 38, given it shall be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, shall men give unto your bosom. For with the same measure that ye meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. So, so this beatitude is almost, gives us this law of reciprocity. Now, I wanted you to especially say that and repeat that first one from Galatians 6 and 7 with me, that God is not mocked, because I need you to see something here, that what I'm talking about is far different than karma. Now, I'm really going to probably make some folks mad here, but I don't really care about this, because I want you to know the truth. There's far too many Christian people that walk around talking about karma, we got too many folks mixing up paganism with Christianity. Karma is a new age idea that what you put out into the universe will eventually come back to you. I want you to see this. 
So karma is something when Christian folks start talking about, oh, well, that's karma. I don't believe in karma. Karma is New Ageism. Karma is, pa- karma is paganism. Karma is false religion. What I want you to see is the principle of sowing and reaping, and that is putting faith in God that he will fulfill his promise. Karma says, I'm going to throw it out there, but one day, somehow, somehow or another, it's going to come back to me. No, putting faith in God and believing in the principle of sowing and reaping is I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. And when I do that, there's a God in heaven. He will not be mocked. It is not random universe that is throwing something back at me. It is a God, an almighty, powerful creator that is sitting on a throne that will do what he said he will do. Now, I want you to see this because this is the way I've seen this in my life. Because karma would say, if I put this out there, it's going to go out there and it's going to eventually come back around to me. But the principle of sowing and reaping is I'm going to give something and I believe that God is going to in return fulfill his word. Let me me explain it to you. Probably one of the First times I saw it pastoring was when Jamie and I were pastoring our first church in Miraville, Tennessee. And I can remember, you know, we do something, we try to do some outreach, we try to do something, invite somebody to church, knock on some doors, and listen, listen with me, and those people, those people might never come to church, but when we would be faithful to go out and to witness and to reach out, the very people we reach out to may never darken the door. But lo and behold, seemingly out of nowhere, we'd have other people randomly, I'm air quoting this for those on board, randomly show up. Is it coincidence? Absolutely not. I believe it's the principle of whatsoever you sow, you're going to reap. And that's why it's a God thing, and it's not a karma thing, randomly throwing it out there, coming back. No, I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. And I believe in the principles that God has given to me, and God will eventually bring it. I have seen it too many times in my life. I may sow money into one ministry, and that may not, but God will go ahead and somewhere, somehow, it'll come back to me. I'll sow into one relationship. I'll try to help somebody and encourage somebody, and I I may never see the fruits of that, but lo and behold, somebody else, I'm telling you today, this is not a karma thing. It's a God thing. I'm not just randomly throwing stuff out it. So Christian, be careful. Don't you let that junk come out of your mouth. It is not about karma. It is not about throwing it out into an empty universe. It's about putting it into the hands of an almighty God and having faith that he'll do what he says. I just might as well keep on this unpopular preaching. There's also sometimes the possibility of a delayed harvest. Sometimes, again, as I've already said, it doesn't come back as quickly as you would like it to. And to treat this truth as a formula to be manipulated 
is not Christianity. So I'm going to stop here for a little while because, oh, it's just 1129. Somebody say hallelujah. To treat this truth as a formula to be manipulated is not just Christianity. So there's, I'm telling you two different ways. One different way that, that this is misused is through this new age karma. But I'm going to tell you there's some people in Christianity that abuse this as well. There are those that would get on television and get behind the pulpit and would treat this like it's magic. You want to know what magic is? Magic is the manipulation of a spirit or deity to get one's own way. That is paganism, and that is not of God. Can I just tell you this is not about we're going to manipulate God. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to name names today, but I've heard it come out. of. I've watched videos. I've seen it of preachers get up and say, God has no choice if you do this. He's got to do it. Can I remind you that we are the clay and he is the potter, that we God is not a cat, that we've got by the tail, and if he doesn't do what we say, well, twist it and absolutely not. Don't you think? that this is some sort of magic. This is not a manipulation of a spirit or a deity. It is believing and having faith in a God that will be true to his word. So now we come to this part of it. Well, what is mercy? Everybody say, what is mercy? In the Bible, mercy has two major meanings. One, it indicates that one has been pardoned for a wrong committed. Two, it is the word for kindness that helps the needy. Both of these are used in the book of Matthew. However, the context of judging is the focus right here in chapter 5 in these Beatitudes. As people who have received God's mercy, we should be changed by it. And we should show mercy ourselves. I really want you, if you will, turn to Matthew chapter 18 in your Bible. If you got your Bible or if you got to get your phone out, whatever you got to do, I really want you to see this. I'm, we're going to read this here. It's a few verses, but is it okay? It's okay to read the Bible in church, ain't it? Matthew chapter 18. And if I haven't told y'all lately while you're turning there, listen, I want to encourage you. Don't you just take my word for this stuff. I want you to bring your Bible, mark your Bible, write this down. Please, for heaven's sakes, be reading your Bible through the week. And, and don't, just, don't just take, just because they're a preacher with a microphone, and, and don't just take their word. I want y'all to see this stuff. Matthew chapter 18, look at verse 21. Verse 21, we're going to read through verse 35. I hear pay, and I'm good. I won't wait on y'all because I want y'all to see this. Thank you for taking your time and doing this. Verse 21, then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him, note this, 10,000 talents, everybody say 10,000, was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all he had be sold to repay the debt. 
The servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. He grabbed him. Everybody say hundred. Everybody remember, put your finger right there. What did we say? What did it say? The original guy owed, he owed what? 10,000. And now we find that this, this one, this guy, he has somebody that owes him just a hundred denarii. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay you back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed and went and told their master everything that happened. Then the master called the servant in, you wicked servant, he said. I canceled all the debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master turned him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. Look at verse 35. This, everybody say this, is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother from your heart. Oh, my. Somebody say, oh, my. I'm so thankful. Amen. I'm so thankful for the forgiveness of Jesus. Well, a couple of you are. I said, I'm thankful for the forgiveness of Jesus, the mercy of Jesus. But Jesus here said, he tells this parable he tells the parable of the servant who owed, what, 10000 was forgiven by the master, then goes to a fellow servant that owed him what? 100 yes. And he won't forgive his fellow servant, but has him thrown into jail. And the master then come, hears about it and then says, I forgave you of all of what I for 10000 because you begged me, now you haven't even shown, I showed you a lot of mercy and you can't even show a little mercy. And he did what? After that, turned him over to the jailers to be tortured till she should pay back all he owed. That's why I wanted you to say this. And he said, Jesus here, everybody say Jesus. Jesus said, this is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother from your heart. Oh, my, my, my. That's pretty powerful stuff when you stop and think about that for a minute, isn't it? The reward of this, blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy then. In Matthew 6, turn over to Matthew 6, chapter right after where our text was, 14 and 15, because I want you to see all of this. Matthew chapter 6, verses 14 and 15, Jesus speaking, for if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Now, you can pick whatever version you want to try to read those in, but they're all going to tell you the same thing. That like it or not, 
Our forgiveness from God is based on the mercy and forgiveness that we show to others. I got a one that's right. <laughs> I think I've showed you right here in the script. This ain't Dennis Laughlin. This is Jesus saying all this. Saying, hey, I'm going to forgive you. I'm going to forgive you of all your sins. I'm thankful that, that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And usually we can work that one up pretty good. I probably get all of y'all to say a good amen. Maybe even some stand up and clap a little bit. But it's not quite as good when we have to stop and read the whole thing. Somebody say the whole thing. And we come to the realization that the same Jesus that said, I will forgive all of your sins, also stops and said, but I've done forgave you of a whole lot. And if you can't find out of the great mercy that I've shown you, if you can't find it in your heart to find a little bit of mercy to forgive your brother, then my mercy toward you is over. Be very careful holding a grudge. It's like radioactive material. You can't hold on to it and survive. You see, I'm, I'm no expert at radiation, but I've watched enough television, and I've watched enough 24, and Jack Bauer, and, you know, nuclear. Th I've watched enough on, watch a special on, is it Five Mile Island up in Pennsylvania? And, you know, I, I've watched enough. I'm certainly... No nuclear science. Does anybody here, we've got a lot of smart, has anybody here ever studied any nuclear? Anybody here? There might be somebody. Anybody studied nuclear? Any? So, so we don't have any nuclear physicists or anything like that, but I know enough about, about radiation that, you know, we all, we, what, we take x-rays, we do different things, and just a little bit of exposure, if you get it rid of it, it ain't going to hurt. But one thing, if you just continue to expose yourself and hold on to something, it's going to end up killing you. And you know, again, how we are. We're a microwave society. We want instant gratification. We want everything right here, right now. And you know what happens to us sometimes? Sometimes we're holding on to this grudge, and it's radioactive. But we don't die instantly. It's not like a gunshot wound to the head. And we're holding on to it. And you know what? At first, we're like, you know, this, you know what? I'm not dying. Oh, that preacher said it. That preacher said it'd kill me. You know, I, I thought we said, but you know what? I'm holding on to this and I'm not dying. Now, I'm sure if you got just a super again, I don't know, a super amount of radiation, it'd probably kill you pretty quick. But I do know that you could hold enough and it's not going to kill you instantly. But after a certain amount of time, they say, I think your hair starts to fall out. Your skin starts to peel off. Sometimes, and, and it's not just that with unforgiveness. It's that with a lot of sin. You know, we're taught, especially, you know, we're taught, when we come up in church, we're taught that this is wrong and sin will take you to hell and all that. And you know what happens? Sometimes we, we end up, we dabble in a little bit of it and, and we're kind of waiting, waiting on the lightning to strike us down or we're waiting on, and you know what? Most time that don't happen. And then we're like, huh, I don't know if my parents are really telling the truth to me. I don't know if my Sunday school teacher was really telling me the whole truth or not. I don't know if my pastor really knows what he's talking about or not. Because I did this, and God didn't strike me down. 
And I'm not down in hell burning right now. But just like sin, this grudge, it's radioactive, and it may not kill you immediately, but if you keep on holding on to it, it is going to kill destroy your life. Jesus said, blessed are the merciful. Because why? Because then they will find the forgiveness themselves. Jesus has told us over and over and over again, be careful, like it or not, our forgiveness is based on how we forgive others. In terms of this, Jesus forgave us 10,000. Can I say it in kind of, that sounds pretty childish, but sometimes we need that to understand. I know I do. Jesus forgave us 10,000. Surely we can forgive somebody else 100. This mercy is twofold. Number one, mercy from eternal judgment. And really we could stop right there, and man, that'd be worth it all there, wouldn't it? To find mercy from eternal judgment judgment, to find mercy from being sent to hell, that'd be worth it all there, wouldn't it? I mean, I don't know if y'all still believe this, but I still believe that there's coming a judgment day. I still believe that Jesus Christ, one day, he's going to rule. Now, I know that we do believe, and I can't, I'm not getting into a whole end time thing here, but I do know the way I read, and I find that we as, as believers will find ourselves at the judgment seat of Christ. Those that are not believers will find themselves at the great white throne judgment, but either way, all of us, all of us are eventually going to find judgment. The good thing is, for those of us, as I've said, for Christians, if we've had mercy and we've been and we have shown we have been given ten thousand, I'm just gonna keep saying that because I think it just gets your head in that. We're given ten thousand mercy, and we decide that we will, as Jesus said, we're gonna give others one hundred mercy then we'll find ourselves at the judgment seat of Christ where when the books are open to find out who's going to pay for sins when it comes when it's in the sin column I don't have time to preach on the whole judgment seat of Christ right now but as far as forgiveness of sins for those of us that stand there at the judgment seat of Christ and the books are open and the books of sin are laid open you know what it's going to have on our account zero if you've been washed in the blood of Jesus Christ, when those books are open, God the Father is going to look and says, well, according to my records, you owe nothing. Kind of like that song. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, but he has washed it white as snow. All of that, all of that is contingent. He'll forgive me 10,000. He'll forgive me 10 million if I can also turn around and forgive my brothers and sisters of the little bit that they have done. Thanks for listening to our podcast. To find out more about us, follow us on social media at Starkville COG. 
Special thanks to those who generously support this ministry. If you would like to give, visit us at startvillecog.com forward slash give. And if you've enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week.